Welcome back to the Humanized IT Podcast. I'm here with Skip Ziegler to continue a little mini-series we have on what really matters in businesses. And last time we talked about thinking through technology, this time we're going to talk about how working smarter rather than harder, how working smarter or over-engineering can cause massive problems. Hey, so this, anything worth doing is worth overdoing, right? Oh, no. <laughs> and in this, ca- that in, there. <laughs> in this episode, you're going to find out why that's not true. <laughs> so this episode is almost going to be completely about fails and horrible things that are going on, as well yes. as things that I currently <laughs> see going on in technology that are really bad ideas and people are buying into them left and right because they think it's a great idea that's going to save their business hundreds of hours yeah yeah so to kick this off the first thing i want to talk about is my most recent experiences with trying to find a orthodontist for my kids and dental offices my my wife just this morning uh was talking about how she calls these these orthodontists and tries to get referrals and tries to figure out what they, they charge. And she loves how she calls many of these offices and somebody picks up and they talk her through it. Then she called this really uh, prominent office in here in Lincoln and she got a calling tree. She ended uh-huh. up going through this oh, menu trying to find somebody. And I can see that in this orthodontist eyes, they probably were sold this idea, hey, look, you don't need a receptionist if you implement this this uh, voice system. If you have this VoIP uh, menu system, it'll automatically route people to the right place. However, it's a big turnoff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, then there is another dentist, ironically, that automatically canceled one of our dental appointments for our kids because their system was built so much around process that if you did not click on a um, Y in response to a text message that you get, they will automatically silently cancel your appointment, assuming that you're not coming, even though you call them and set up the appointment in the first place because you missed that text message, which we happened to be on vacation at the time. They canceled it. And so we show up with four kids out of three schools and like, oh, crap, I can't go to the dentist now because (laughs) they canceled my appointment and nobody told me. So automation here was built to make things easier and faster and more seamless and to solve problems. And it ends up costing customers. So like we won't go back to that dentist. Like if I have three, I have four kids in three different schools. And if your automated process isn't going to make me feel confident. then I don't want to be part of it. And talking to a human being actually gets us a better feeling, even though it's it's flawed. And there was an entire company that recognized this about 15 years ago. Yeah, you mentioned these guys. I had forgotten about it. And yep, Rackspace. Rackspace built their entire um, platform. They're a a server hosting company. So if you need to buy equipment, they'll host it in their data center so you don't have to. And literally, this is like 15 years ago. And they said, we're done with calling trees. We're done with menus. When you call us, you will get an answer on the first ring Every time. Or it surprised we'll us re- every time we called. You know, yep. you'd, you'd punch up the number and you're already, your mind's already, you know, four steps down to the next process. And you're you're anticipating, you know, ring, ring, ring and hold music and recordings. And yeah, it would it would barely get halfway through the first ring and someone would answer the phone. And, and inevitably, every time we'd like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, 
Uh, yeah, you're there. <laughs> so things that people don't realize about IT guys and girls is that when we know we're going to be on with tech support, almost always without thinking, I'll go grab a soda, a cup of coffee, or you know something, or and I will sit down and I will I'm in it for the long haul. It's like yes, yes, I'm buckling down for the trenches. You know, you, you guys switch mindsets entirely. You know, people who think they've been through some epic calling trees, ask any IT person and they are pros. Oh, yes. you know, I've got my phone oh. ready to go. I, you know, I don't even use the voice commands on the system. I will always punch the numbers. Oh, yes. Because I just it's find so myself screaming at the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> so that's an over engineered solution. You know, hiring a receptionist for your front desk costs you like $30,000 a year. But... Um, it gives you that more human feel or yes, even a part-time receptionist or outsourcing your receptionist to a call center even works out better. And you got to weigh that in the cost of what did it cost to put this VoIP system in place? And was it really worth it when your customers are getting let down? Yeah. And there are many things like this in the IT world where we uh, over-engineered a solution Um uh, Another great example I like to think of and I like to talk to people about is project management. Oh, oh. I've worked man, in that, that, that's that's a deep that's a deep well to fall down sometimes. <laughs> and what I what I love about project management is that we as business owners, we have these dreams that someday we're going to be on top of the ball. That all of our projects are going to be lined up in a very mature fashion. And we're going to have these Gantt charts sitting out there. And uh -huh. we're going to be able to say, in May, here's everything that's going on. Yes, yes. And we're... The, it's, it's a crystal ball. It's a crystal ball. We can use it and, and we can tell you the future. Yeah. We're going to be able to predict every great. expense we have. And we're always going to be on top of it. And so we get sold this bill of goods. Uh-huh. And so these people come in with Microsoft Project or with these project management software or these ERP solutions, and we spend years putting them in place. I've been part of <laughs> yes. these projects, people. I know how this yes. works. We spend yes. years trying to get them in place, and they're never 100% in place. Never. They're always never. kind of in place, and the adoption takes a while, and you hear people whining about, oh, you forgot to load it into the project management software. Uh-huh. And in the end, like of all the project management I've ever run across, of all of the solutions that we spent millions of dollars on, the best thing ever is a Kanban. And for those of you not familiar with Kanbans, it's essentially putting sticky notes on a board <laughs> and moving them over when they're in progress and yep. then moving them over to complete when they're done. The yep. good old fashioned checklist. And you can manage very complex um projects this way but you have to teach your people how to use kanbans and how to adjust their self themselves to it but it's not that bad because kanbans in general are built around the idea of how do humans actually work and here is a nice workflow that is a very low barrier to entry well i think your, your key there adam is, is is teach your people how to use it you know and it's a simple tool and that, that's that's where it really works because, you know, all the, the project management and the, the project management offices, PMO, you know, that's not a, you know, a four-letter word. PMO really needs an, <laughs> an extra letter in there, right? Uh, because it can seem so bad. But, uh, you know, it's because when people try to trust the processes and not trust the people, you know, so inevitably you'll, you'll find this and you'll pull your hair out and, 
you know, I know we don't have video to go with this, but you know, I'm, I don't have any hair. I, I've, I've spent you got beard my hair. time. You got beard hair. Beard you can, hair. Beard hair. Yeah. You, you know, I've spent my time frustrated with, with the PMOs and, uh, and, and all these processes. But inevitably, at the end of the day, you find the right project manager. You find the one guy who really understands things and that person makes it work. And so I end up finding, you know, the project manager that I can trust and not the project management office, not the project management system. And I think that's what's really important to these. As we build these processes out, we can't put our trust in the systems. At the end of the day, we do have to trust people and let people use tools. And that's we get we kind of get it's the cart before the horse kind of process that where we really start trusting the tool and not the people using the tool. Yes. And that's that people over processes. That's a core value within agile frameworks. And that's why I believe Kanban's work. Mm-hmm. It's not an over-engineered solution. They're well thought out and they have stood the test of time and they're easy to implement and they work well. They translate well to staff that just like to physically move things around. They translate well to the younger staff who like to use Kanban's like uh, Trello and and it integrates well into what you're doing so you can visually see who's working on what and where they are. And that kind of falls into this over-engineering things. You don't need a very fancy project management software to, to get things done. At home, what do you do? You probably create a checklist on a piece of paper. Yeah. Do you have an advanced app? Like I have Cozy. I have a, a variety of apps that I've used over time, but nothing has replaced that piece of paper on the counter with my honeydew list or with the, the checklist for the day. Yep. Nothing has replaced that. Could I create a nice automated system that with um, with my Amazon account would alert everybody when things are happening? Yes, but it's still not easier and better than using that piece of paper. I've used tasks in OneNote. I, I really put a lot in OneNote. I was able to share that that notebook out with my wife and and have a shared to do lists and all this. And it works, but yeah, more often than not, if if we're working on something, somebody's going to pull out a piece of paper and a pen and just write down a list. <laughs> yeah, and along these lines, one of my big pet peeves with companies is it's a good and a bad thing, but it's this fancy term KPI, mm-hmm. key performance indicator, people. Now, KPI is great when you're trying to meet overarching goals. Like, hey, what is our sales goal for the year? What's our KPI? What is our uh, projected income? Or at home, like KPI, did we go on a vacation year? How many vacations did we go on this year? Uh, how much time do we spend with our kids today? You know, these are key performance centers, things that matter to us. Now, in IT, KPIs have taken over the world. People <laughs> are always coming up to us. They love numbers. It's what I refer to as management porn. People want to have graphs and shiny things they can put on presentations. Yes. Without understanding why. Are they really key performance? Or are they just numbers you're throwing up there? Just because the numbers are available doesn't mean it's something that should be tracked. And Mm -hmm. so in IT, we can ask things like, hey, how much is so-and-so using the internet? And almost always my response is, why do you need to know? Uh Uh-huh. 
And so they go through and say, well, I don't know if they're doing their job. Like if you have a performance problem with your employee, maybe you should talk to them about it. Yeah. Maybe you should just go to them and talk because it shouldn't matter what they're doing on the internet as long as they're getting their job done. So you don't really need numbers from me. You really don't need me to go through and search the logs and engineer a solution that shows shows how much they're on the internet. What you need to have is better conversations with your employees so that you can succeed and help them succeed. If they're not performing up to spec, we're not looking for excuses to fire them. We're looking for excuses to help them. And when I have mm-hmm. this conversation, you see a little frustration in the manager's eyes, but also a little bit of an aha moment. Right. Like, so having technology, manager KPIs is great, but when it com- becomes to tracking numbers for the sake of tracking numbers, you start losing focus on what made your company great in the first place. Why are you tracking these things? What's the whole point to it? And we we over-engineer things and we lose focus on what was the point in the first place. Yep. Well, and I, so I have a kind of a fail story here. So we were running a, a fairly complex and, and very uh, comprehensive backup solution. Uh, it was our own solution. We were hosted in our own private cloud that we built all from our you know, all from scratch on our own. We, you know, we're really pretty proud of it. Uh, had this great solution that we're running. And of course, we're scaling this over, you know, multiple companies. So we need some processes and some automation. And we wanted uh, to be able to ensure that backups were happening properly. And so we, we built uh, some, some scripts in there. And so we had a process that would go out and would check the backup and to make sure the backup was running properly and then return, you know, uh, a value back to our support desk. And of course, if anything was broken, they would go take care of it. Well, uh, the system's running along. Everything seems to be, you know, just, just running perfectly. And then we had a customer that needed a restore. Fortunately, it was a pretty small file and, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't too big a thing that we couldn't accommodate, but at the end of the day, we, we got in there and realized that the backups weren't happening properly. And so uh, we had to jump through some hoops to find this data. But w- when I when I went down and sat down with my engineers, like, okay, we have this whole process. Why didn't we get, you know, the alert? Well, what the alert was doing was checking for values in the backup process. And the backup process was saying, yes, I'm running and I have a valid error. So the backup was, was doing everything it was supposed to be doing in that it was, was it, you know, ending abnormally. It wasn't running into an unknown error. You know, it was functioning properly, but the, the proper function it was says, I have a problem. And that problem was carried up the food chain, so to speak, as a successful operation. Well, like, well, we missed the point there. We weren't really driving in and looking at what was really important. We were just looking at the processes. Were the processes running? Yes. Were the processes running right? No, they were not. And so that that's, again, where we have to bring this human element back into this to have someone, you know, constantly check these processes and look through this to make sure that our intended goals are being met, not just our intended processes are being acted on. Yeah. And that's the whole, was the whole idea behind the KPI 
is key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. What is it that we are aiming for so that we can measure that goal? But when your key KPI doesn't actually measure performance, it's actually just, hey, you're checking a box. I have a KPI. And sometimes we get into that checkbox management where we say, well, I have KPIs, I have um, objectives, and I have a project management software. Okay, so now what does your company do? Yeah. And so you have to ask those questions of, is my technology helping me achieve my goals? Are my goals realistic? Now, are your goals realistic? That's more of a business question. You have to go through a standard practice of discovering that. Find a traction coach, you know, and hire them to help you work through, like, what are your actual goals for your company? So then you can start working through what what key performance indicators will help you get to those goals. Do you need to increase sales? Do you need to increase the number of prospects in your queue? What is it that you need to do? And then develop technology that's going to solve that problem. And here is the key part of this. Review that technology solution every so often to make sure that it is still relevant and serving its goal. The number of times in IT that I have had to decommission a server that hadn't been used in three to four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just find these. Like I have found, and I don't know any IT people who don't know a story like this. I have found working servers in closets that -hmm. had just been running for decades. Without any maintenance and they're just there and there's like one person in the company still using it and everybody assumes it's taken care of. And it's like, wait a minute, why are we still using that process? We were supposed to be off of that, you know, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And 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 they're just mining a little bit of data out of it. And these people had just kept doing their job and they kept doing their job and they didn't realize that they were supposed to be working in another area, but they were checking off all the boxes they were working hard. They were putting eight hours a day in, and, but they were doing it towards a goal that no longer mattered or they're using a technology that was so far outdated and it wasn't serving their purposes anymore. That there was something else that had replaced it years ago, but the company is so big that no one told these five people that, hey, there's a better way to do this or there's one person who's a better way to do this. And so you got to review your processes and make sure they're still serving the needs and serving the company. Because we over-engineer these solutions to the point that they they become self-serving. Like, hey, I am yeah. creating my QBR every every quarter, and I'm putting these graphs up on the screen because I have to. I know I need to stand up there for 15 minutes. I need to talk about what's relevant to the company. I need to go to this meeting because we always have, and no one's getting any value out of it. But we do have a lot of pretty graphs. We have a lot of pretty numbers. We have a lot of really interesting things, but none of them help us make decisions. None of them help us move forward. And so we keep we keep submerging ourselves in data and data points and all this information, but we haven't backed out and talked to the people in a while and said, all right, people, what are we doing as a company? Where do we yeah. want to go? And really <laughs> bring in that human element where we can actually talk to each other and say what solutions are still relevant and how can we use that to further our company's goals. So, so let me tell a little story. It, it's really kind of a fail story from, from my side. I mean, I, I really, I, I, I messed up here and I uh, very much like what we've talked about. I was looking at the process and not the people 
And so I'm working with a company. Uh, we're doing some mergers and acquisitions. We're buying part of this other company. And so we're out there and this other company uh, is doing the handoff and we've got some facilities. Uh, we're shooting a, uh, a wireless signal about 10 miles offshore. And so this other company is pulling they're, they're getting ready to pull their gear out and they're telling me what they have in place so that I can replace it with my own gear. Well, I'm looking at this and they've got like $50,000 worth of microwave stuff. And that's just at one location. And I'm thinking, man, if I have to scale this up, I'm going to be spending a quarter of a million dollars just in microwave gear. And I'm thinking, really, this seems a little antiquated. And so, you know, my technology hack comes on and I'm like, man, I can do this. I've got new solutions. You know, we, we can do this with 802.11, uh, you know, lower microwave signal stuff. Anyway, I run it out and it, it works great. And I'm, you know, I, I'm really smart at this. I'm actually on not quite the bleeding edge, but I'm pretty close to it and running some of this stuff out. And so I deploy a solution that is, in my mind, arguably much, much better, much higher speeds. Uh, I'm, I'm pushing a much more robust phone system out, uh, to these, these, um, these offsite facilities and I'm doing it for one tenth of the cost. And so, you know, all of my numbers that I'm pushing up the food chain are great. You know, if, if we're putting in a KPI chart, everything just looks fantastic because I delivered this really, really awesome solution. But if you talk to the people that are actually working out on these remote facilities, they're very, very dissatisfied with the system. And so it finally gets around to me. You know, I get back. I'm like, what do you mean? It works great. I can remotely manage that thing from 600 miles away. And, you know, I just think it's so awesome. And I can see all the things that we're doing. With it. So I get out on site one day and I'm actually talking to the people that are really using it not their supervisors, not even the bosses, just the guys on the everyday shift. They're using it. And I finally realized what the problem is. This particular type of service doesn't support faxing really well. And I'm thinking, well, that's no big deal because we're phasing faxing out. So we don't need it. But here was the issue. These guys used to fax in their grocery list to a local store who would put their groceries on a boat and deliver it out yeah. to the platform where they're at. So great service. These guys, like you and me, they probably like to eat lunch, dinner, you know, they're, they're kind of into food. Yeah, occasionally. And so their frustration with my, my, my wonderfully engineered, my wonderfully performing system, their frustration was they were having a hard time getting groceries, <laughs> you know? And so I, I missed the point because I didn't talk to the right people. I mean, I sat back, I looked back, I go, hey, this is a great technology solution. And I solved a technology problem without putting the people first. Yeah. And, and once I fit, once I solved that problem and there were solutions, again, technology was a great tool. And we found a way around that so that these guys could get their groceries. And once I got the groceries delivered, then my system was great. Not yeah. because it was so fast, not because it was so cheap. Because I got the groceries delivered. So I did what was important for these people. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great way to wrap this up is you can avoid over-engineering problems as long as you keep people first. When you ask your IT department to engineer a solution for you, make sure it's solving a business problem that's relevant. 
ask them like how how much would it take to build this thing and then make sure you keep on top of it like is this something that needs to be maintained but also make sure your IT people and your technology focused people are going out and doing ride-alongs and talking to the end users yes. so that when yes. they're coming up with these really clever solutions that they're actually serving your employees and serving your customers. And yep. if you do that, you will stay relevant and you will avoid over-engineering problems. Think about what the actual problem is, what the solution is, and is it relevant to what we're doing today? And you will be successful and you will come up with simple solutions and great solutions that help your company grow forever. With that, I'm gonna wrap up for today. I thank Skip for coming on. I, I'm hoping to cover this, this topic more, what really matters in IT. And I'm hoping that we can really dive into and help people understand that it's not about using technology, it's about empowering your employees and your people. There you go. Thank you. I'll have a great day. We'll see you next week.